Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's Thursday, and that means we have Thursday night football. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, not to mention Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your Canty and Carlin, Dr. Pepper call-in line. Canty, what up? What up, big fella? I know we got Thursday night football to get get into, but I got to ask you a question because... I got a little going-ons with the holiday cards. So the wifey Uh-oh. insisted that we write out all of the holiday cards, which actually happened to double as thank you cards for attending our wedding uh, back in August. So your thoughts on writing out the holiday cards, the handwritten holiday cards slash thank you for coming to my wedding, you know, deal in the mail. What do you, what do you think about that? Because that took hours off of my life yesterday and today. Oh, hell no. No, That's, no, that no. was that was my reaction to it. That's no, what no, I thought. No, no, no. Why no. are we doing this? No, Why, nobody. It doesn't. Ma- the people that are going to get them in the mail, they're going to say, "Huh, this is nice," and it's going to be tossed out in the next couple of weeks. How, What's the like, point? When you say written out, like what are we talking about? A paragraph? Two paragraphs? What? We're talking about a couple of paragraphs. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a debacle right there. That that listen, is. Listen, and listen, you're doubling it with. Uh, you know, the Christmas card for the thank you card, and I, some people might think that's a little sketchy. I don't. I think it's fine. No, it's a two for one. Listen, have you seen what posters cost these days? Yes, of I Of course have. you got to go that route. I mean, and I listen. remember you in the post office spending three hours before the wedding. And you know I don't want no more smoke in the post office. But here's uh-huh. the deal. I, I thought it was a good idea by her to allow our thank you cards to double as holiday cards because it's essentially the same group of folks. Agreed. But, but the handwritten aspect of it. Now, in her defense... She didn't want to do it just as much as I didn't want to do it. But does it make that much of a difference to have the handwritten holiday card slash thank you card as the regular generic print one? No. No, no, no. I didn't think so either. uh, What is the holiday card about generally? It is about the picture of the family. Yes. So are you using a picture from your wedding for that? That's exactly it. Yes. No, it's about the picture. It's not about what's written inside. No. I'm with you, big fella. I'm with you. She disagreed, so you see who won that argument. Yeah, well, (laughs) you're going to be spending about three hours tonight during the game, I'm sure, right now. More (laughs) thank you cards. No, it's done. It's done. I got it done. I got it done. How long did you spend on that? Uh, Easily five hours. Between yesterday and today, easily five hours. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. And you're following the same script on every card, I assume. No, so that's the other thing oh because th- you know she wanted it personalized, it didn't change it up, and so I had to do the ones for my family members. She did the ones for her, her family and friends, so she wanted each one personalized just a little bit. Yeah, listen, I can understand a little bit of personalization, but I I would like to tell you that you should have reached out to me beforehand, but this is a situation that I could have never. You can't fix this; it's unfixable. You yeah. are doing what she wants when it comes to social graces. You don't win that. That's, Got you. That's an unwinnable situation in, in uh, marriage. So yeah. as much as it was painful, I, I mean, you probably did the right thing. Sometimes, 
Sometimes it is just pick your spots, my friend. That's it. We got to pick your spots. And speaking of picking your spots, it's an interesting spot the Seattle Seahawks are in tonight with Thursday Night Football because this feels like a got-to-have-it situation for Pete Carroll and company. I have to tell you, at no point during the offseason, in training camp, even early in the season, would I have ever said to you that, dear God, Geno Smith has a a must-win game tonight. But... Geno Smith has got a must-win game tonight for the Seahawks. I have to, if I'm trying to evaluate uh, Geno going into the future, Chris, and I'm Seattle, and I'm going to end up with a top three pick, I need to know, based on games like tonight, what he is. It's must-win because Seahawks want to make the playoffs. I get that. Yeah. Bigger picture is what's more pertinent to me. This is one where you are going out and playing against a very good defense, but you're fortunate in that you get them on a short week and you get them in your building. If Geno Smith is going to be the Seahawks quarterback of the future and is going to get paid this offseason, tonight's going to go a long way in determining that. You're absolutely right. And you know what we say about division games at home in December. you got to find ways to win them, Carlin. And so Seattle seems like, you know, they're in the spot where they should take care of their business. But we should have said the same thing about them this past Sunday, and they lost to the Carolina Panthers, a team that's three games under five hundred. So in this spot, I would anticipate that you're going to get Pete Carroll's best because in this game between NFC West rivals, Seattle Seahawks have gotten the better of the 49ers, especially since Shanahan has been the coach, Up, especially when it's been up in Seattle. So Kyle Shanahan – in Seattle is one in four against Pete Carroll. Ooh. So the Seahawks do have that going in their favor, but they're playing against the hottest team in football. San Francisco 49ers have won six straight. They're rolling, Carlin, and four of those six, the last four have been by double digits. So you're saying that maybe Seattle's catching a break with them being on a short week, but, you know, this is interesting things happen when you start talking about momentum with the team, and that's where the 49ers are at right now. This team is in a groove. And it feels like a buzzsaw is rolling into town, and I'm not quite sure Seattle has the talent to be able to deal with what the 49ers bring into the party. Well, where does this put it then for Brock Purdy? I mean, if we're going to talk about both quarterbacks and who it might be more important for, here's Purdy in his second start and his third game, and he's on the road in Seattle in a divisional game. And, Chris, listen, I've – been super impressed with what we've seen so far. At some point, just given what we have seen, I don't know, from basically every other quarterback ever, don't I have to assume that he's going to hit some bumps at, at, at some point and being on the road in prime time in a short week might be one of those places? Yeah, I mean, he's dealing with the oblique injury, so that is what it is. He pushed through it in the game against the Bucks, although I don't know how hard he had to push because that game was a blowout in the second quarter. But on a short week, that's going to be something tough for a young kid to deal with. But the upside to it being a quick turnaround, Carlin, is that he doesn't have to spend all week thinking about playing his first road game in the National Football League and it being a potential division-clinching game. So not having that time during the week to, to kind of sit in that could be a good thing for a young player. You don't know what you don't know, and sometimes being a young guy not knowing any better could work to the team's benefit. We could see, you know, a better performance from Brock Purdy because, you know, it's a situation where he doesn't have time to think about how hostile of environment that he's walking into. Now, 
the things I am interested in seeing from him, mm-hmm. how does he handle having to operate the silent count in, in a noisy environment? And we know that Seattle is one of the loudest stadiums in the National Football League. So how does he manage that, the side adjustments at the line of scrimmage with his receivers, with his running backs, being able to check, being able to audible, all of those things come into play. It's not necessarily stuff that has to do with the progression or making throws, but it's about running the operation on the road in the National Football League. This is new learning for Brock Purdy, so I'm curious to see how he handles it. And based on the results, I think we can have a better idea of what the ceiling is for this 49ers team because this is a franchise that has championship expectations, but we also have to face the fact that they are working with their third-string quarterback. Yes, and here's the other thing. We didn't even mention Debo in this. You know, Debo being out and how long he's going to be out for is a huge factor. Here's Kyle Shanahan on what Debo's time, uh, timeline looks like. I think we had a little technical issue with his sound, li- sound bite there. But Canty, like without uh, him tonight, I-, I say this more and more each week, especially when Jimmy G first went down, now that you had him go down, uh, Debo go down, Thank God they went out and ended up with, um, ended up getting uh, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know where they would be right now if that wasn't the case. If they had not gotten him, where where would they honestly be? I mean, he is adding everything to this offense uh, that is just ideal. Like you could not pick or design a better player to fit into what they want to do offensively. No question about it. I mean, he's a guy that can be dual threat in the sense that he can be a thumper in between the tackles in the run game, but you can toss him the ball in the passing game out of the backfield. You could actually even line him up in the slot, Carlin, or out wide, and he can present some mismatches for linebackers and safety. So I, I love the versatility that this offense has, but they got a bunch of those guys, Carlin. Brandon Ayuk is another one of those guys. Kyle Juszczyk is another one of those guys. George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the NFL when he's healthy. Jawan Jennings is an underrated slot receiver. So they've got other guys that can be threats off of catch and run. It's just a matter of them being on the same page with Brock Purdy and then making sure that they're up for the challenge when it comes to the increase in reps that they're going to get. So I would look to see Brandon Ayuk being featured in a lot more different ways. I know they're going to do what they do with Christian McCaffrey, but Brandon Ayuk is the guy that I'm looking to to step up. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We want you to be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is this game more important to tonight, Geno Smith or Brock Purdy? ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. The lines are open right now, so by all means, hit them. Canty, you talk about must-wins. I'm really, really looking forward to Saturday night. I don't know that I have ever looked more forward to a game in which I thought one team had absolutely zero chance to win more than I am looking forward to the Miami Dolphins visiting the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night. Now, here's what... I have to like I have to play this back. We had some of this from yesterday. And I nearly fell out of my chair at the time, but 
just the overall thought about what Tua Tagovailoa has to say about playing in cold weather is worth hearing again. Hit it. Can you tell us back in the spring you actually went to a cold weather location? Yeah. What, can you tell us a story about that? Yeah, I went to Maryland um, to, to go visit my brother after the season, and uh, it was pretty cold up there. Uh, it was probably like in the 20s, um, and there was snow on the ground too. So got to uh, test that out, um, got to throw up there with a couple of his guys. So, yeah, that was, that was good. What did, what did you learn from that experience? Uh, I think, I don't know, me, me personally, and it might be a mindset thing too, but I, it, it felt really good throwing it while it was snowing. You know, I, I can't give anything more than that. Like, I, you know, I didn't feel any, any effects of throwing in the snow. Yeah, it was cute. It was fun. It was fun to throw around in the snow. We threw some snowballs. It was an awesome time. Canty, let me tell you something. That wind that he will face in Buffalo when he comes out of the tunnel on Saturday night is going to slap him across the face like no other. That is a brutal, brutal, brutal place to play in cold weather. And we can talk about it all you want. You have played in cold weather. If you have not done it consistently, he's only played in three games in the league where the temperature was below 50, let alone what it's going to be Saturday night. And coincidentally, those are his three worst games from a QBR standpoint in the oh. NFL. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So That'll there's tell that. You. you can talk about it all you want. Until you're in it and until you've been stand- standing out there for an hour trying to stay warm, you have no idea what you're up against in that spot. None. Yeah, there's no question about it. They're they're up they're they're up against one, and it's interesting to see how they manage this uh, once they get to Buffalo uh, on Friday and getting ready for the game and pregame on Saturday. But here's the thing that I don't understand, Carlin, and it extends beyond just Tua. But why is everybody within the Miami Dolphins organization giving credence to the fact that it's going to be cold weather? Why are you even talking about this? Yeah. If reporters want to ask you about it, say we're not focused on the weather, we're focused on our opponent. The weather is what it's going to be. Why are you answering these questions? Why are you going into these explanations about the last time you threw a football in cold weather? That doesn't matter. We're trying to beat the Buffalo Bills. It's not the Buffalo Bills and the elements. They got to play in the same damn weather you do. So focus on your opponent. I don't get why Tua is even answering that question. The other part that I don't understand, Carlin, why the head coach Mike McDaniel is walking around in a T-shirt at practice saying, I wish it were colder, and we're hearing reports about how they're practicing in the indoor bubble and they're turning the A.C. all the way up to try to simulate what it's going to feel like on. on Saturday. Let me tell you something. That damn air conditioner can't blow cold enough to deal with what's going to be coming off of Lake Erie. It can't. So why are you even playing into that nonsense? You know, it actually reminds me, Carlin, of the time that we saw the New York Giants wide receivers in the wild card round in Lambeau Field come out in pregames with their shirts off to try to make some type of statement about how they weren't going to be intimidated by the weather. How'd that work out for the New York Giants and specifically their wide receivers? Yeah. Not great. I remember drop passes. (laughs) Drop passes by Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. So my point is stop spending time answering questions and focusing on the weather and spend more time focusing on your opponent because that's actually who you have to be. 
Well, the head coach was asked about the bad weather in Buffalo. Here's Mike McDaniel. Philosophically, uh, I think it's important uh, to acknowledge before the day of the game what it is, but at the same time, um, it's a football game where the elements are the same for both people. So uh, that's, uh, I, I think, a way of emphasizing something but not obsessing about something. I don't see weather um, as something that uh, you can lean on for an X, Y, or Z when you're competing. If a team allows it to be a thing, then it's a thing. So um, we're, that's uh, our attempt for it. For to acknowledge the obvious and move on as fast as possible. It feels like your team is making it a thing, and he's they're, making they're it a thing. It. They're making Carlin into it. Carlin, they're making they're making it a thing because he's making it a thing. The head coach sets the agenda for the entire team. They take their cues from him. So if he's walking around with his t-shirt on and he's blasting the AC, trying to get guys acclimated to being cold, then he's feeding into it. He's making it a thing. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. Now I'm not trying to suggest that weather won't play a factor because we said weather played a factor for the Buffalo Bills when they went down to Miami in September. So the inverse is true. Going up to Orchard Park in December, it's going to have an impact. But you just have to go in with the mindset that this is what it's going to be. We've got to focus on beating our opponent. But continuing to fixate on the weather, Carlin, is the wrong approach on this one. And that's why I have a hard time seeing this being a bounce-back game for the Miami Dolphins and for Tour specifically. Yeah, with this, when I say I'm looking forward to it, I actually want to see what Tua looks like in this. You know, this would go a long way. Like, I have to say, if Tua went up there and played well and the Dolphins actually found a way to win that game, man, that would go a long way. It'd almost make you feel like they have a franchise quarterback, right? It really would. I mean, uh, it would, this it would is, go this is a gonna, long Carl, way. Carlin, this is going to be the team you have to go through if you want to win the AFC East for the foreseeable future. You're going to have to beat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. We've given Tua everything he needs to be successful. We reshaped the offensive line. We have the fastest receiver duo in the NFL. I mean, we added to the defense by making a trade in season for Bradley Chubb. What more does he need in order to have success? If he can't get it done under these circumstances, then when is it going to happen, Carlin? It's a great question. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. How should Tua and the Dolphins approach this this week? We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A Super Bowl champ has a very, very bold prediction for Week 15. You're going to hear that in just moments after this from FanDuel. Now, football season, it is heating up, except in Buffalo. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, super easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for that no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and white to 467369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is fascinating tonight to see exactly which Geno Smith uh, we see. I- I'm fascinated to see if he can pull this off tonight because this is going to go a long way in determining his future. Like, if I was sitting there and I'm John Schneider and I, I don't know what I want to do here, Gino could show me tonight that he can be the quarterback here for the next couple of years. I, I don't, I still don't know that he is that guy. Like, yeah. is this a Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015 type season, Chris? Well, I'm not sure that it is or isn't, Carlin, but I think the next four games will go a long ways to determining that, right? Because you got three of the next four at home. The only road game is on the road against Kansas City. Nobody's expecting them to win that game. But if you can somehow win against San Francisco, win against the New York Jets on New Year's Day, and then close it out against the L.A. Rams on uh, your regular season uh, finale, then, 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 yeah, you're giving John Schneider something to think about when it comes to what he's going to do with that top five pick that they're going to get courtesy of the Denver Broncos. Now, you got to look at it from this perspective. There's a hell of an opportunity cost that goes with staying with Geno Smith and passing on a quarterback at the top of the draft, and that's why I think Geno has to make a strong impression the last month of the season 
and get this team into the postseason to secure his spot as QB1 going into week one of 2023. There is a little bit of breaking news before we bring in Mr. Ninkovich, and that is from the association. This is uh, according to Woj, who just tweeted this out. Steph Curry is expected to miss, quote, a few weeks with his left shoulder injury. So if it's just a few weeks, that's excellent news, I think, for Golden State because, Chris, that that did not look good last night. No, it didn't look good, but we had to wait for the reports because we know there's a range in terms of what kind of soldier injury it could be in the timeline that they could expect him back. But a few weeks seems like it's on the milder side, so feels like Golden State dodged a bullet. All right, let's bring in Rob Nankovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Rob, we appreciate it. First of all, I caught it this morning, but for those who didn't, what is your bold prediction for Week 15? I said that the Jacksonville Jaguars are potentially set up to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, that's what I, I said. I love it. So why why is it? Is it because of how well Jacksonville is playing right now, or what <clears throat> is it about the Cowboys matchup that would give them trouble here? Well, I think Trevor Lawrence has played really well. You know, he's got he's got ten touchdowns in the last five games, no interceptions. Um, he's leading the NFL in those last five games in uh, percentage and passing percentage, um, and over seventy percent completion percentage. That is. So um, I just think that this specific matchup, you know, you got the Cowboys, maybe not paying too much attention to them, looking at the next week after this one um, with playing the Eagles. So that kind of has a setup, especially on, a, on the road, to not bring the energy. And sometimes you don't bring the energy, you get caught. So I think that's a potential upset in the making. Rob, a team that didn't bring the energy in week 14 was the Tampa Bay Bucks, as they got boat raced out in Santa Clara against the 49ers. This week they've got a big matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody has picked the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the NFC South just because they seem like they're the most trustworthy of the teams in that division. But are we sure that that's going to be the team that wins the NFC South? Or do you see somebody else potentially making a run at that NFC South title? I mean, with six wins, I think it's a wide-open division depending on how the last final um, four weeks of the season go. Um, but I would anticipate the Bucks, you know, continue and, and win that division. I know crazier things have happened, um, but at the end of the year, I think we're going to look at that division as maybe one of the uh, laughable uh, type divisions where the, the winner really didn't have the best season and potentially would be just a one and done in the playoffs. Rob Nankovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Canty and Carlin. You said this morning on Get Up that you think Tom Brady hangs it up after this season. So why do you think this is it for Tom? I mean, he just look at the tape. I mean, he he struggled this season. The, the team is underperformed. Um, you know, he's going to be 46 years old. I just don't understand. You know, yeah, I said this last year when I did say that I think he retires, and he did retire. Everyone was so shocked that I thought that a 45-year-old quarterback didn't wouldn't <laughs> was to play football anymore. So, for a 46-year-old person to say they didn't want to play football anymore with a 300 plus million dollar contract in the booth waiting for him, I don't think it sounds kind. Of, I don't think it's wacky to say that. 
No, I don't think it is either, but it's Brady. That's why we're all questioning why, because it just seems like he he has been the ageless wonder in his career on the off chance that he did keep playing. Where do you think would be the best fit for him? You'd have to look at situations with, you know, a, a loaded roster with a good offensive line with a good defense. If you look at all the destinations that have all those things in place, I'd say the best one would probably be the 49ers. You know, they have a top defense. They have a great offensive line. They got a ton of weapons. Um, I think if you plugged him in there, they would be pretty good. Rob, last one from me. I know you made your name in New England with the Patriots, but you also played for the Miami Dolphins. You've played in Buffalo in December. How much of an advantage or how much of an uh, an impact is the weather going to make for the Miami Dolphins going up into this game against the Bills on Saturday night? Oh, it's going to have an impact. I mean, McDaniels can talk about the psychological, the philo- philosophical, all he wants. You know, when your head coach puts on a T-shirt that says, I I wish it was colder, he's trying to send a message to his team. Like, don't worry about the cold weather, yada, yada, yada. But you can't simulate the cold. You you can't put the thermostat at 50 and expect to function at a high level. I I think that it's going to be snowing. I think that Miami's record on the road in the snow and the cold weather kind of speaks for itself. Um, So, again, I think it'll be difficult for – for Miami to go up there on the road and get a road victory against Buffalo. Rob, great stuff. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Have a great one. You too. Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst. Now, look, I've often wondered what hell might look like. I mean, is it really all of that? But there are some NFL teams that are going to get a really good look at it here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you what we're talking about next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? does NFL hell look like 
We'll talk about it in two minutes. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app. Let's hit a couple of calls here at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-729-3776. Alex, Kansas City, up first on ESPN Radio. Hey, Alex, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Great show. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, brother. Hey, what yeah, you guys were talking about bigger game tonight for Purdy or Geno, and I'm with you guys, bigger for Geno, just because, you know, Purdy at this point's already somewhat looked better than Jimmy G. So even if he just looks like Jimmy G or maybe he looks like uh, what we thought Brock Purdy looked like tonight, I think he still has time to prove himself. Where Geno, I mean, he's had a great year, but I think you're still probably looking at him like, Really? You know, I, I don't believe it yet, but you go out there, you beat San Francisco, and that kind of defense, you know, he puts up 250, 300 yards and, and a couple of touchdowns and a win, then you're looking at it like, okay, maybe Geno is for real. I mean, I feel the same way about Tua in cold weather. You know, you got you to gotta prove it to me because I'm still not believing it yet. Listen, Yeah, listen. Alex, that's a, that's a great observation. I mean, fact of the matter is Brock Purdy has a hell of a lot more runway than Geno Smith does in their NFL career, right, Carlin? Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith is 32 years old. This is his ninth season in the NFL. Brock Purdy is a rookie. So, in a lot of ways, you got to count it as a win already for Brock Purdy because he's shown he can start and win an NFL game. Hell, in his first NFL start, he had the highest QBR of any quarterback in Week 14. So, that's saying something. Whereas with Geno Smith, we still look at it as somewhat of a mirage from what we saw in 2022 just because this guy seemed like he was, you know, a, a forgotten about backup quarterback and was destined for journeyman status. But he's had a bit of a renaissance. We've never seen Geno Smith play this well in the National Football League in his previous eight years. And right now we're just waiting for Cinderella to lose her glass slipper. And, Carlin, with the upcoming schedule – it has the potential to happen, but Geno Smith can control his own destiny, can control his own fate if he goes out and plays well over these next four games. Listen, in 10 years, Geno Smith has earned about $14 million, so nobody's holding a fundraiser for him, but this is the opportunity. Like, the opportunity, he's making the most of it this year, and here's the chance to cash in and get one big payday at this age. So that, to me, really puts... All of the pressure on Gino. How about Mike in California next on ESPN Radio? Mike, what do you got, buddy? Hey, guys. Love the show. Uh, great listening to you guys. Um, got a question on how you feel. So I was at the Raiders game last Thursday, and you're getting ready to talk about NFL hell. That, for every Raiders fan, is our hell. Um, <laughs> but uh, thoughts on what you think that uh, the next move is going to be after this offseason uh, do we go out and draft a quarterback that's, uh, I, I, being a UCLA guy, uh, that's not an SC guy because they don't know how to win Super Bowls, but, uh, but do we start looking for the future and look for what we can get possibly out of uh, Derek Carr's remaining contract? Here's the thing, Chris. You, you have Devontae Adams, and he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Can you definitively tell me that the Raiders – right now at the eighth pick, are going to have a chance at a better player than Derek Carr at quarterback? No. Uh, Neither can I. That's the thing, Carlin. Like, people want to move on from Derek Carr, and my question is, what are you moving on to? Exactly. Where's the clear and definitive upgrade from Derek Carr? 
Doesn't yeah, seem I, like it's out there right now. Now we'll have to wait and see what happens this offseason and see if some big names get shuffled around when it comes to the quarterback carousel. But, Carlin, I think status quo is probably the best way to go as far as the quarterback position is concerned from the Raiders because think about the stability that Carr gives your franchise. I don't know why people have forgotten about what Derek Carr shepherded this entire franchise through in 2021. Yeah. With the tragedy with Henry Ruggs and John Gruden being fired because of the leaked emails and Damon Arnett getting arrested, a former first-round pick that turned into a bust. They had an interim head coach, and this team was in the playoffs. Not only just in the playoffs, made it a game against the team that ultimately ended up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Carla, I don't know why people want to move off of Derek Carr. It's a team-friendly contract, the way that it's structured. I think the Raiders have bigger issues than the quarterback under center. I agree. And I I also think when you brought Adams in, you can't now not take advantage of his prime with somebody different just to move on. Yeah. Now, now speaking of which, the Packers look like they are in NFL hell. Yes. I mean, you can't figure out what's going to happen here at quarterback. You're not going to win anytime soon. No matter what you do, you are up against it. You're either playing a a young guy who's a couple of years into the league and maybe you have to pick up his option without really having an idea, or you're paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million to not win. This is NFL hell. Carlin, help me out here. What are the Packers good at? What are they good at? What's the identity of the Green Bay Packers? I, I, I have no idea. I just want to let you know my mic still works. I'm just, I have no, no answer. That's my point. Like, they, yeah. I, I don't know that they do anything well. And that's the concern about staying the course with Aaron Rodgers. You're not close to competing for a championship. So if you're not close, then why are you paying a quarterback $50 million? Three years ago, you started the process of trying to prepare for life after Aaron Rodgers. Carlin, we knew that it was never going to be an amicable split. It was going to be ugly, just like it was ugly when the Packers moved on from Brett Favre. I'm not sure why the front office, why the general manager and the team president would think it would be any different with Aaron Rodgers. The back-to-back MVPs was cute. That was nice. But it ultimately didn't net you anything of consequence because you're still chasing Get another Super Bowl and just getting Aaron Rodgers to the big game. Wait, was it? So was I, it... I, I just don't. That that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. And you're right. Until the Green Bay Packers decide that they're going to move off of Aaron Rodgers, they're going to continue to be in NFL hell. It's ugly. It's uncomfortable. But that's where they're at. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.